are, friends. It's November 2nd, and you are joining the One Year Bible Tour. And you are listening to the One Year Bible Tour Guide podcast, where each day we press on in the unfolding of God's self-revelatory acts that will ultimately center in the person and work of the Christ, the Messiah. My name is David McAdam, pastor and Bible teacher at New Life Community Church and the director of New Life Fine Arts, which is committed to impacting our culture by bringing new life to the classics, producing theater you can believe in with the gospel at the core. Tickets are now on sale for our upcoming original stage musical adaptation of John Bunyan's classic, A Pilgrim's Progress, titled Celestial City, and it opens on December 9th in the greater Boston area. If you would like to know more, and if you would like to know where to purchase tickets, you can go to our website, newlifefinearts.org. That's all together as one word, newlifefinearts.org. Yesterday, we started the 26th book of the Old Testament, the prophecies of Ezekiel. We saw how Ezekiel was prepared to deliver a strong message to the exiles in Babylon by beholding a vision of the glory of God. In today's reading, Ezekiel will begin to exercise his prophetic office by confronting the exiles with God's message. But before that, the Lord will give further instruction to Ezekiel. Let's begin where we left off yesterday, starting with Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 16. And at the end of seven days, the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them warning from me. If I say to the wicked, You shall surely die, and you give him no warning, nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way, in order to save his life, that wicked person shall die for his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. But if you warn the wicked, and he does not turn from his wickedness or from his wicked way, he shall die for his iniquity, but you will have delivered your soul. Again, if a righteous person turns from his righteousness and commits injustice, and I lay a stumbling block before him, he shall die. Because you have not warned him, he shall die for his sin, and his righteous deeds that he has done shall not be remembered, but his blood I will require at your hand. But if you warn the righteous person not to sin, and he does not sin, he shall surely live, because he took warning, and you will have delivered your soul." And the hand of the Lord was upon me there. And he said to me, Arise, go out into the valley, and there I will speak with you. So I arose and went out into the valley, and behold, the glory of the Lord stood there, like the glory that I had seen by the Kibar Canal. And I fell on my face. But the Spirit entered into me, and set me on my feet. And he spoke with me, and said to me, Go, shut yourself within your house. And you, O son of man, behold, cords will be placed upon you, and you shall be bound with them, so that you cannot go out among the people. And I will make your tongue cling to the roof of your mouth, so that you shall be mute and unable to reprove them, for they are a rebellious house. But when I speak with you, I will open your mouth, and you shall say to them, Thus says the Lord God, He who will hear, let him hear, and he who will refuse to hear, let him refuse, for they are a rebellious house. Chapter 4 The Siege of Jerusalem Symbolized And you, son of man, take a brick and lay it before you, and engrave on it a city, even Jerusalem, and put siege works against it, 
and build a siege wall against it, and cast up a mound against it, set camps also against it, and plant battering rams against it all around. And you take an iron griddle, and place it as an iron wall between you and the city, and set your face toward it, and let it be in a state of siege, and press the siege against it. This is a sign for the house of Israel. Then lie on your left side, and place the punishment of the house of Israel upon it. For the number of the days that you lie on it, you shall bear their punishment. For I assign to you a number of days, three hundred ninety days, equal to the number of the years of their punishment. So long shall you bear the punishment of the house of Israel. And when you have completed these, you shall lie down a second time, but on your right side, and bear the punishment of the house of Judah. Forty days I assign you, a day for each year. And you shall set your face toward the siege of Jerusalem, with your arm bared, and you shall prophesy against the city. And behold, I will place cords upon you, so that you cannot turn from one side to the other, till you have completed the days of your siege. And you take wheat and barley, beans and lentils, millet and emmer, and put them into a single vessel, and make your bread from them. During the number of days that you lie on your side, three hundred and ninety days, you shall eat it. And your food that you eat shall be by weight, twenty shekels a day. From day to day you shall eat it. And water you shall drink by measure, the sixth part of a hin, from day to day you shall drink. And you shall eat it as a barley cake, baking it in their sight on human dung. And the Lord said, Thus shall the people of Israel eat their bread unclean among the nations where I will drive them. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, behold, I have never defiled myself. From my youth up till now I have never eaten what died of itself or was torn by beasts, nor has tainted meat come into my mouth. Then he said to me, See, I assign to you cow's dung instead of human dung, on which you may prepare your bread. Moreover, he said to me, Son of man, behold, I will break the supply of bread in Jerusalem. They shall eat bread by weight and with anxiety, and they shall drink water by measure and in dismay. I will do this that they may lack bread and water, and look at one another in dismay, and rot away because of their punishment. Chapter 5 Jerusalem Will Be Destroyed And you, O son of man, take a sharp sword, use it as a barber's razor, and pass it over your head and your beard. Then take balances for weighing, and divide the hair. A third part you shall burn in the fire in the midst of the city, when the days of the siege are completed. And a third part you shall take and strike with the sword all around the city. And a third part you shall scatter to the wind, and I will unsheath the sword after them. And you shall take from these a small number, and bind them in the skirts of your robe. And of these again you shall take some, and cast them into the midst of the fire, and burn them in the fire." From there a fire will come out into all the house of Israel. Thus says the Lord God, This is Jerusalem. I have set her in the center of the nations, with countries all around her. And she has rebelled against my rules by doing wickedness more than the nations, and against my statutes more than the countries all around her. 
for they have rejected my rules and have not walked in my statutes. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Because you are more turbulent than the nations that are all around you, and have not walked in my statutes or obeyed my rules, and have not even acted according to the rules of the nations that are all around you, therefore thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, even I, am against you, and I will execute judgments in your midst in the sight of the nations. And because of all your abominations, I will do with you what I have never yet done, and the like of which I will never do again. Therefore fathers shall eat their sons in your midst, and sons shall eat their fathers. And I will execute judgments on you, and any of you who survive I will scatter to all the winds. Therefore, as I live, declares the Lord God, surely, because you have defiled my sanctuary with all your detestable things and with all your abominations, therefore I will withdraw. My eye will not spare, and I will have no pity. A third part of you shall die of pestilence and be consumed with famine in your midst, and a third part shall fall by the sword all around you, and a third part I will scatter to all the winds and will unsheath the sword after them. Thus shall my anger spend itself, and I will vent my fury upon them and satisfy myself, and they shall know that I am the Lord, that I have spoken in my jealousy when I spend my fury upon them. Moreover, I will make you a desolation and an object of reproach among the nations all around you, and in the sight of all who pass by. You shall be a reproach and a taunt, a warning and a horror to the nations all around you, when I execute judgments on you in anger and fury, and with furious rebukes. I am the Lord. I have spoken. When I send against you the deadly arrows of famine, arrows for destruction, which I will send to destroy you, and when I bring more and more famine upon you, and break your supply of bread, I will send famine and wild beasts against you, and they will rob you of your children. Pestilence and blood shall pass through you, and I will bring the sword upon you. I am the Lord. I have spoken. Chapter 6 Judgment Against Idolatry The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, set your face toward the mountains of Israel and prophesy against them. And say, You mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord God. Thus says the Lord God to the mountains and the hills, to the ravines and the valleys. Behold, I, even I, will bring a sword upon you, and I will destroy your high places. Your altars shall become desolate, and your incense altars shall be broken and I will cast down your slain before your idols. And I will lay the dead bodies of the people of Israel before their idols, and I will scatter your bones around your altars. Wherever you dwell, the cities shall be waste, and the high places ruined, so that your altars will be waste and ruined, your idols broken and destroyed, your incense altars cut down, and your works wiped out, and the slain shall fall in your midst, and you shall know that I am the Lord. Yet I will leave some of you alive. When you have among the nations some who escape the sword, and when you are scattered through the countries, then those of you who escape will remember me among the nations where they are carried captive. 
how I have been broken over their whoring heart that has departed from me, and over their eyes that go whoring after their idols. And they will be loathsome in their own sight for the evils that they have committed, for all their abominations. And they shall know that I am the Lord. I have not said in vain that I would do this evil to them. Thus says the Lord God, Clap your hands and stamp your foot and say, Alas, because of all the evil abominations of the house of Israel, for they shall fall by the sword, by famine, and by pestilence. He who is far off shall die of pestilence, and he who is near shall fall by the sword, and he who is left and is preserved shall die of famine. Thus I will spend my fury upon them, and you shall know that I am the Lord, when their slain lie among their idols around their altars, on every high hill, on all the mountain tops, under every green tree, and under every leafy oak, wherever they offered pleasing aroma to all their idols. And I will stretch out my hand against them, and make the land desolate and waste, in all their dwelling places, from the wilderness to Riblah. Then they will know that I am the Lord." And this concludes our reading from the Old Testament portion today from the prophet Ezekiel. The commissioning of Ezekiel, the priest turned prophet, continues in our reading today. The Lord says to Ezekiel, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. A watchman was a city employee who is given the responsibility of looking out from a high vantage point on the city wall or tower and give warning to the inhabitants of any imminent danger approaching. The prophet must speak out loudly and clearly of the impending judgment for the rebellious sinner. If the prophet fails to warn and call the wicked to repentance, the prophet will be held accountable and share in the guilt of the unrepentant. The blood of the transgressor shall be on his account. The prophet is not just to warn the rebellious and call them to turn to God. He is to warn those who are currently in a right relationship with God and warn them not to turn away from him. If the prophet fails to warn the righteous and the righteous turns to sin, the prophet will be held accountable and share the guilt. This is a reminder of the importance of speaking out and giving both the warning as well as the promise of the gospel. Do we hear any warnings today? It is appointed for men once to die, and after that comes the judgment. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. Ezekiel will warn, The soul who sins shall die. Ezekiel chapter 18 verse 4 b. The wages of sin is death. That's the warning. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. That's the promise. In Romans chapter 6 verse 23. Ezekiel is called to get up on his feet once again and move to the plain for further instruction. In Ezekiel chapter 3 verse 22. The glory of the Lord is now appearing once again and Ezekiel is given stage directions for a series of dramas he is to perform for the people in exile. We will find out as we read through the book that Ezekiel is doing this for one purpose. Some sixty times in the book of Ezekiel, God speaks the phrase, that they may know that I am the Lord. Ezekiel is making it clear that God is behind their sufferings and that his people have forgotten who he is. They need to know the true God. The first drama he is to act out is in his home, and it will illustrate the intransience of God's people. Even though God had chosen Israel to be his household, his dwelling place,
communication had broken down. God was not listened to or obeyed. Therefore, they no longer had ears to hear what God would say through his mouthpiece, the prophet. Ezekiel is to go to his home, be bound there with ropes, and then God would make him mute, so he can speak no more to the rebellious house of Israel. And I will make your tongue cling to the roof of your mouth, so that you shall be mute and unable to reprove them, for they are a rebellious house. But when I speak with you, I will open your mouth, and you shall say to them, Thus says the Lord God, He who will hear, let him hear, and he who will refuse to hear, let him refuse, for they are a rebellious house. Ezekiel chapter 3, verses 26 and 27. In chapter 4, Ezekiel is told to stage another drama. First, he is to construct the scenery. He draws the city of Jerusalem on a clay tablet and uses it to indicate the setting for his performance. He builds a replica of the city wall with ramps and battering rams around it to indicate the siege warfare coming against the city. Then he is to take an iron pan and use it to represent an iron wall between himself and the city, and he is to turn his head towards it. Whereas Ezekiel chapters 1 and 2 read like a script from a Steven Spielberg science fiction film, this incident in chapter 4 reads like the stage directions for a Samuel Beckett theater piece. He creatively communicates Israel's history of rebellion. Ezekiel is told to lie on his left side for 390 days with the sin of Israel placed upon him. The Lord interprets the action as representing the 390 years of their sin. This is Act 1. After he finishes this, Act 2 begins. Ezekiel is to lie down on his right side for 40 days. Each day would represent a year. He is to prophesy to the city, surrounded with ramps and battering rams, and say, with bared arm, I will tie you with ropes so that you cannot turn from one side to the other until you have finished the days of your siege. He then is to make Ezekiel bread with wheat, barley, beans, lentils, millet, and spelt. This is to be his diet during the 390 days he is lying on his left side. He is to weigh out 20 shekels of food and a sixth of a hin of water and drink it at set times, baking the cake over a fire fueled by human excrement. Interpretation Ezekiel chapter 4 verse 13 And the Lord said, Thus shall the people of Israel eat their bread unclean among the nations where I will drive them. Ezekiel's response makes us think of Simon Peter's response in Acts chapter 10. He speaks two phrases that don't belong together, not so, and sovereign Lord. See Acts chapter 10 verse 14. The Lord makes an adjustment to the script at Ezekiel's request. He kindly substitutes cow manure for human excrement. Ezekiel chapter 4 verse 15. I imagine none of this would be going over well with the prop department. Interpretation, Ezekiel chapter 4, verses 16 through 17. Moreover, he said to me, Son of man, behold, I will break the supply of bread in Jerusalem. They shall eat bread by weight and with anxiety, and they shall drink water by measure and in dismay. I will do this, that they may lack bread and water, and look at one another in dismay, and rot away because of their punishment. There is a follow-up scene in Ezekiel chapter 5. This one involves hair and makeup. 
Ezekiel is told to shave his head and beard. When the days of the siege drama are over, the first two acts of the drama, Ezekiel is to burn a third of the shaved hair with fire inside the city. He then is to take a third of the hair and strike it with a sword all around the city, and then he is to scatter the final third of the hair to the wind. But take a few strands of hair and tuck it into the folds of your garment. Take a few of these and burn them in a fire from which the fire will spread to all the house of Israel. Ezekiel chapter 5 verses 5 and 6 Thus says the Lord God, This is Jerusalem. I have set her in the center of the nations with countries all around her, and she has rebelled against my rules by doing wickedness more than the nations, and against my statutes more than the countries all around her, for they have rejected my rules and have not walked in my statutes. In Ezekiel chapter 5 verse 12 we read, A third part of you shall die of pestilence and be consumed with famine in your midst. A third part shall fall by the sword all around you, and a third part I will scatter to all the winds and will unsheath the sword after them. God's anger will cease when His righteous anger against sin is avenged by punishment righteously put upon His people. Ezekiel chapter 5 verse 13 Yet His people will be an object lesson to the surrounding nations. In verse 14 in chapter 6, Ezekiel is told to prophesy against the mountains of Israel, announcing the destruction that is about to come upon them, as they contain the high places with their altars to false gods. God commands that Ezekiel use prophetic actions to express his grief over the spiritual adultery of his people. Strike your hands together, stamp your feet, and cry out, Alas! An exclamation of lamentation for the evil practices of Israel. God will bring judgment with the imminent strike of sword, famine, and plague, and the stamping out of idolatry in the high places. Notice the final refrain in our reading contains the chorus we will hear throughout the book of Ezekiel. Then they will know that I am the Lord. Ezekiel chapter 6 verse 14 And I will stretch out my hand against them, and make the land desolate and waste, in all their dwelling places, from the wilderness to Riblah. Then they will know that I am the Lord. Now let's go to our next stop in our Bible reading tour, to the New Testament book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For good news came to us just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them, because they were not united by faith with those who listened. For we who have believed enter that rest, as he has said, As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Although his works were finished from the foundation of the world, for he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works, and again in this passage he said, They shall not enter my rest. Since, therefore, it remains for some to enter it, and those who formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience, again he appoints a certain day, today, saying through David so long afterwards, in the words already quoted, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. So then, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. 
For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And this concludes our reading from the New Testament, from the book of Hebrews. God has promised a rest for His people. The word rest carries with it not just the idea of repose or physical replenishment, but deep satisfaction. God rested on the seventh day because He was satisfied with the work of creation. It was all-sufficient. He needed to add nothing to it. We know that God can rest in the perfect work of His Son and all that He accomplished for our redemption. It was perfect. When Jesus died on the cross, He shouted, Paid in full. It is finished. It is a completion. God verified His deep satisfaction by raising Jesus from the dead. The only rest we can find is the one that Jesus provided. We enter into that rest by faith. There is no other way. If we look to our own brand of self-justifying works, we will never know that we have what provides God full satisfaction. In giving us Christ, God is giving to us perfect rest. Without faith in Christ, there is no entering into God's promised rest. Faith is simply believing the truth about who God is and what He has done in the person of His Son. Genuine faith will be expressed in obedience, that is, clinging to the gospel and not going back into states of unbelief or self-reliance. The unbelief, expressed through the disobedience of the ten spies who, trusting in their own understanding, led to thirty-eight more years of wandering in the wilderness until their deaths. Only Joshua and Caleb, who believed God's word, entered into the promised land, and that promised land was just an inadequate foreshadowing, a type of the real rest that is to come. God can rest only in that which is in accordance with His holy nature, Christ. Likewise, our rest can only be found there. How do we enter in? We enter in by simply trusting in God's word. He sees all and He knows all. Hebrews chapter 4 verses 12 and 13. His word is perfect and His promises can be trusted. We can have confidence that Jesus is the perfect high priest who knows our frame, our temptations, our needs, and has secured our access to the Father so we can have the mercy, grace, and help that we need. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, 
that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And now we go to our next stop in our Bible reading tour today, to the book of Psalms, Psalm 104, and we pick up in verse 24 and we read through to verse 35. O Lord, how manifold are your works! In wisdom have you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Here is the sea, great and wide, which teems with creatures innumerable, living things both small and great. There go the ships, and Leviathan which you formed to play in it. These all look to you, to give them their food in due season. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are filled with good things. When you hide your face, they are dismayed. When you take away their breath, they die and return to the dust. When you send forth your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works, who looks on the earth and it trembles, who touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have being. May my meditation be pleasing to him, for I rejoice in the Lord. Let sinners be consumed from the earth, and let the wicked be no more. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. The psalmist continues to remind himself of God's greatness. God's greatness is on display in all of his works. In his wisdom he provides all that his creation needs. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are filled with good things. Psalm 104, verse 28. All creation is dependent upon the Creator and exists for His glory. Therefore the psalmist resolves to sing praise endlessly. Make this your resolve and your prayer. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. May my meditation be pleasing to Him, for I rejoice in the Lord. Let sinners be consumed from the earth and let the wicked be no more. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. Psalm 104, verses 33 through 35. And for our final stop in our Bible tour, we go to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 26, verse 27. Whoever digs a pit will fall into it, and a stone will come back on him who starts rolling it. What these proverbs mean is that those who intend to do evil to others discover the boomerang effect. It soon comes back to them. Now let's go before the Lord in the light of His wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ. Lord, You are so merciful in Your communication to us. You have proclaimed the truth to us and then sent Your Son to us to act it out. You demonstrated Your love to us in that while we were still sinners, He died for us. He took the punishment that our sins deserved and bore it on His own body. Because Your Word is perfect, Your promise is sure, and the work that Christ accomplished fully satisfied your impeccable sense of justice, we can enter into rest. Thank you for the profound peace and the deep sense of satisfaction that is ours when we trust in Jesus. We pray that our meditation upon your word and our efforts to cooperate with your spirit throughout the day will be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks everybody for your accompaniment on this excursion through the Bible. And God willing, we'll be with you tomorrow as we continue to read from the book of Ezekiel and the New Testament book of Hebrews. 
If you have any questions or comments, any prayer requests or testimonies, you can write to us at podcast at newlife.org. And if you'd like to know more about New Life Community Church and New Life Fine Arts, you can go to our websites, newlife.org and newlifefinearts.org. You can also subscribe there to a daily email with a written copy of our commentary on each day's reading from the One Year Bible. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Shalom. Shalom.